Welcome to the Amateur MILF Society, a podcast about the highs and lows of mothering in the modern age. We're your hosts, Rosie and Sinead, and we are Just Trying. Just Trying. Join us on a journey from positive pregnancy test through to school and beyond as we try to untangle all those complicated thoughts and feelings that come when you decide to push a baby out of your vagina. Other birthing methods are available. We are average, non-famous mums, who live average, non-famous lives. Although if we get famous, we're not complaining and we shall coronate better people like Kathy Burke or Professor Brian Cox. Instead of King Sausage Fingers. King Richmond Fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Do you know it's so funny you mentioned that because obviously we're going to talk about the coronation. Of course. We've got to stay topical, Rosie. (laughs) We're recording on the day of a coronation because we prefer to do this than anything else. Yeah. We definitely don't want to celebrate. The man that's getting the big jewelled hat um, was besties with Jimmy Savile and told his wife, who at the time was his side chick, that he wanted to be her tampon. Oh, my God. Uh, And, like, I can't believe that that's not a bigger part of the British consciousness. I don't think it... Okay, I think it definitely is a bigger part of the British consciousness. It's just that the people who care about it are all very old and white. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're the people putting Union Jacks outside their houses and having street parties. Yeah. Because sure as hell are any under 40s doing it. Surely. I'm not... I'm anti-monarchy. Yes. But I'm pro-street party. Oh, so where do you stand on the street party then? I will take the street party as long as you're not actually watching the coronation, as long as you're just getting really drunk and eating scones. If you could... Okay, so it can be on on the TV... In, yeah, in the but, house. Yeah, but you're not to watch it. Obviously. But you're not going to sit and watch it whilst. Okay. Well, I've got two questions. First okay. question: How do you feel about the um, fact that they were saying that we had to pledge allegiance to the to the king? No one said that we had to. No. In fact, the was it the Archbishop of Canterbury had to say that we don't have to. It's a yeah. choice. And I was like, Well, why would anyone choose to do that? Fucking tell me what to do. Actually. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, how do you feel about that? Pledging allegiance? Absolutely will not be doing that. Abhorrent, is it not? Yeah. Um, let me ask you this as well. How much better would you feel having Kathy Burke as queen or Professor Brian Cox as king? Uh, much better. But to be honest, I'd take my five-year-old being queen over... Over those. Uh, can king you... Richmond. It... <laughs> those fingers are... They're a disgrace. They're a <laughs> national disgrace. I mean... Okay, I'm going based off quite a lot of Disney here, Mm -hmm. but do a a lot of kings not wear gloves? Could he not just pop a white glove on? (laughs) Or is that that just Elsa because she's got frozen fingers? Oh, I don't... Maybe it's just like an olden timey thing. Oh, what? And the current monarchy is not an olden timey (laughs) thing? that's true, actually. But when you see his big, swollen ham hands... Oh, and where his, have they been? His signet ring just screaming out for mercy as folds of flesh just in case it. It's disgusting. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which is more disgusting, the sausage rid- Richmond fingers or the kind of pomp and ceremony surrounding a day where most of the, c- the country are struggling to survive. I mean, I am all for pomp and ceremony, but why can't we do it about like normal people? Why don't hey. I get pomp and ceremony for the fact that I've kept a child alive for five years? Um, Sinead, I think you're forgetting that we clapped for NHS workers during lockdown. Do you not remember <laughs> us clapping for them? Is that not enough? 
Is that not enough for those people? Exactly. Like, have these big, like, elaborate affairs and stuff. Why does it have to be about the king? Like, and his stupid fingers. And his stupid fingers and his side chick wife. Oh, okay. Can you? Um, the other question I have for you is: I, I just thought of two people that I think are national treasures, mm-hmm. like Kathy Burke's an absolute legend. Professor Brian Cox, come on, yes yeah. please, great king. Um, can you put forward any um celebrities for King and Queen? King David Attenborough, of course. But he's this is same issue with Charles. Not got long left. Yeah, true. Actually, it would be a short reign, would it not? Yeah, it won't be long till our next statey funes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Queen? Oh, I know she's really old, but Maggie Smith would make a great Queen. Yeah, Judy Dench. Yeah. one of them ladies. They're all great. Um, what's her name? The the one in Mamma Mia that looks like my nana. That reminds me of my nana. No, not Meryl Streep. Oh, Julie Walters. Julie Walters. Yes, please. She make a great Queen. Yeah, but if she if it was but her, specifically but... her as the character she plays in Mamma Mia. I'm thinking of her in like um, Billy Elliot. Oh mm, yeah, yeah. I think, Peg, I think Peggy Mitchell. Not <laughs> Peggy Mitchell. Dot Cotton? <laughs> Queen yes, Dot. Yes, please. I'd have Dot Cotton any Queen day. Queen Pat Butcher. Yes, please. <laughs> Queen Pat Butcher. Those I earrings. Mean, yeah, literally. Perfect. She's got the entire crown jewels just hanging from her ears. Yeah, the difference is her crown jewels weren't stolen from other countries that we've colonised. They're from the market. Yeah. Yes, please. I have big things to say about colonisation. Yeah, we can't go into it. There's not enough time. I agree. Totally agree. But look, you've said statey... What did you say? Statey funes? Statey funes, yeah. You've said statey funes. We're all in agreement. We had the platy jubes. We've had the platy jubes. And then we had the big Q. And then we had the statey funes. The big Q. The big Q, honestly. So, yeah, if anyone hadn't noticed, today we are recording on the day of the coronation. Yeah, I can't wait for someone to make a gritty docudrama about the big Q. What, like a... What do you mean? Like, just make a big drama, like someone finds out that their wife is cheating on them while they're standing in the queue. Oh, okay, so so something that happens, like... Based around the queue. queue. Or maybe, like, a Love Actually-style... Like many different broken narratives, like interacting, but like Mm. set around the queue instead of being set around Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around the queue. I'm thinking we want we want all the national treasures. We want an Idris Elba. Yeah. We want Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Yeah, of course. All those lot. What would we call it? The big Colin Firth, Hugh Grant. Yes, please. Well, Hugh Grant is in his flamboyant era right now. He's um, he's really. He's really changed, hasn't he? Yeah. He's I, really changed He's so himself. much better now, I think. He's reinvented himself in such a great way. Like, Paddington has made him. Yeah. Hasn't it? I love Hugh Grant as a villain. Yeah. And he's fully embraced it. Well done, Hugh Grant. BBC, are you looking for any script writers? <laughs> Let me tell you. We could... <laughs> yes. We're going to pe- pitch this right now to the BBC. The Big Q. The Big it Q. It could be called The Big Q, couldn't it? Yeah. But it's going to be gritty. We'll get, like could have some kind of like grime artist do the do the music make it very dark yeah. couldn't we mm. what do you reckon make it so dark that you actually can't see anything that's happening on screen and Take also cue from game of thrones yes and also we'll do that thing that everyone talks about all the time where like the dialogue is very very quiet yeah and then all the action the is ba- so loud yeah. <laughs> so you're like you've got always got your thumb hovering over the volume always. button on the remote but i think people are, i think they're doing that on purpose aren't they to put you in a state of tension yeah. to add to the drama the fact that you've got to hold the doofer the whole time <laughs> right we should talk about some stuff 
Hello, everybody. Sinead, what's your week in one sentence, please? I am completely intolerant to my own company. Oh, interesting. Why? Um, For someone that is quite independent-minded, I'd like to think. Yes. Um, My parents have gone away on holiday. They've gone to Turkey. Yeah. So that has left me at home taking care of my five-year-old daughter. Yes. And my 26-year-old brother. Who is harder to look after than your five-year-old daughter. Oh, much harder. Yeah, yeah. much more annoying. Um, anyway, so once everything is done, yes. I put Darcy to bed. Yeah. I pour myself a glass of wine. A big glass of wine. A big I've glass seen of the wine. glass. <laughs> I hope to be drinking out of the, that glass later. Thank you. Um, and I sit on the sofa and I genuinely mm. don't know what to do with myself. I can't pick something to watch on the telly. Ah. I will aimlessly... I need someone to to be... I need someone to like talk at. Interesting. I really like um, to give other people my opinions. So if you want me to write you playlists and lists of things to watch on the TV, I'd be more than happy to do that because I really like doing that and being like, look at look at all the great stuff I know. <laughs> Please take it on board. Tell me I have, I have impeccable taste. Yeah, basically that. So I've got many recommendations if you need them. But is it even that or is it just you can't sit in silence? Yeah, I can't, I can't sit in silence on my own. I end up like thinking the most th- unhinged thoughts. Do you use your phone? Do you like go on social media and stuff? Yeah, I will like doom scroll for hours oh, and not dear. actually like take anything in. Have you tried adult colouring in? <laughs> and then what I start to do yeah. is um, text men out of the graveyard, which is the archive of my WhatsApp. Ah, you kept that quiet, didn't you, Sinead? So we've discussed before your relationship issues. And here lies one of the main issues, does it not? You've got to stop messaging these people. Yeah, I know, I know. But you also need to stop being alone. Oh, it's a catch-22, isn't it? It really is. I am basically Sinead O'Sullivan's foster home for emotionally damaged men. I rehabilitate... There's there's a fucking film in that, Sinead. (laughs) I rehabilitate them. Yes. And then I send them on their merry way. There is actually... I'm convinced... That my vagina is cursed. Okay. Continue. <laughs> because out of the last... I don't even know how many men I've engaged in relations with. Okay. That's fine. 98% of them... Yeah. The next person that they like started going out with... They marry. Is like the love of their life or they get married to. Oh, so you fix them. Yeah, I fix them and I send them on to their forever home. So you're send them on to their forever home. So it's not you're, you're. I'm performing a public service. So your vagina isn't cursed. It curses you, but it does it does the opposite of cursing men. Yeah. So how do we fix this? Does anyone know a witch doctor? <laughs> we're gonna need yeah. We're gonna need some voodoo stuff to happen, aren't we? Yeah. We could do a spell, couldn't we? We could have like a little witch party. We could do some. I could burn some sage. <laughs> what and wave it around my vagina cleanse your vagina (laughs) i always remember um when i lived in australia uh me and my friend gabby used to have a saying uh because we would we'd been single for so long and if we ever spoke about men and how our lack of men we'd just go but where would all the bats live (laughs) (laughs) again providing a public service for either bats or emotionally damaged men yeah you need to have a conversation with your vagina don't you? That's what you need to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. You need to strike up a relationship with your vagina so that it stops cursing you. 
Mm-hmm. And then the next person you sleep with, it will entangle. It will entangle. And, but what if what if I don't want it to entangle? Oh yeah, because then it'll be like zombie and zombies. Then wouldn't it? You yeah, just have men following like, you around. Yeah, yeah. And I don't historically have the best taste in men either. No, you do not. I mean, it's a real minefield, isn't it? I don't know what to tell you. This is why I think arranged marriages should make a comeback because I really don't think I should be trusted. I'll arrange a marriage for you. Will you? I can choose. Yeah, I'll choose a man for you. I'm quite happy to do that if you want me to choose a man for you. Where are you going to find one, Rosie? Well, because I because I'm now you know happily in a partnership with a man, I can go hunting and they'll I'll find one really easily because <laughs> as you know, if you're trying to look for a man, men they are like hide. buses. Yeah, they like buses. They they just literally disappear off the face of the earth. But I'm not looking, so I'll find one real easy. They won't hide behind a bush from me. What's your week in a sentence? Okay, my week in one sentence is, if I utter the words, I'm thinking of organising Ramona slash Lola a party this year, then please shoot me on the spot. (laughs) Please, for the love of God. It was a great party though, Rosie. Yeah, so context. Um, I organised a party for Ramona for her fifth birthday. We decided to have a Wednesday Adams themed party. Um, We booked a hall. A, a massive hall with it was a stage, a very big, hall. Very big hall, um, and that was it. That was that was it. We booked a hall, and then I did everything else. Yeah, and I made I took it upon myself to to make everything to go in it, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I made party bags. She even made like party games. I made party games. She made like a, a seaside face cut out board thing. Yeah, painted photo posts posing station i paint yeah i paint hand painted two boards for games and i screen printed individual tote bags for the party bags mm-hmm. 40 of them and then i made all the stuff to go inside it and the kids favorite part of the party was ripping down the balloon arch and oh destroying God, it absolutely destroying it um yeah i made myself really really unwell but i couldn't I, i've had a i still sound quite husky now but unfortunately because i'm 35 i don't sound sexy i sound <laughs> <laughs> fucking weird just sound all old and frail rather than husky and you know sexy sexy um yeah i really really burnt myself out and made myself an absolute mess so i don't want to organize a party again from now on my children are going to go to wacky warehouse and get chicken nuggets yeah i did wacky warehouse done. it was so easy done and the chicken nugget let me tell you well you know this but yeah. wacky warehouse food is is the one man yeah and your kid gets to sit on a throne oh no nah. yeah while yeah, their yeah. friends serenade them with of happy course. birthday soft play ties them out i remember the first the first soft play house... ties me out and i'm not even in the you know, soft just play. looking at it just looking at that that those colors um yeah the first wacky warehouse party i went to as an adult i think it was for i can't remember who it was for i think it was my cousin's kid and when they started to bring all the food out i was like jesus christ this is dark because i was like this is it was, you know, hot dogs, pizza, nuggets, chips. I was like, this is real bad. And then I helped myself to some of that food. And I was like, this is the best meal I've ever had. Yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> it's and delicious. they're really accommodating as well. Like Darcy's got um, friends at school who are vegan or vegetarian. And they're like more than happy to ca- to cater to vegans, vegetarians, gluten-free, yeah. like whatever your dietary requirements are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's £10 a head. yeah. And oh, then you leave them to do the cleaning up. That's it. This is the thing. Or every every single part. I thought that hiring a hall would be the cheaper option because you're not 
paying for anything else you're just paying for the hire of this place but it's not because you have to do everything and you have to pay for everything on top of that had to like pay for food. a cake had to buy the food had to do all the decorating had to tidy up all of it the whole thing oh i glittered people's faces there was a tattoo station there the tattoo a... station was carnage absolute chaos we stupidly didn't man that with an adult we just let left the kids it. <laughs> it was when i looked over and i was like rosie i think darcy is manning the tattoo table yeah, that's why it was carnage. To be, like, giving out tattoos to other children. The reason it was carnage is because your child decided <laughs> to organise it, and just basically there were kids going home with full sleeves. Yeah, and Mo- she is Molly about... was fu- like full to the brim, mate, full to the brim. And Darcy is about as good as org- at organising things as I am. Yes, so it was, it was quite wet, wasn't it? Yeah. There was quite a lot of water on that table. Yeah. Um, well, that, to be fair, that was after Darcy abandoned the tattoo table. Oh yeah, if she'd if she'd have stayed, if she'd have stuck to her station, then you know it would have been an absolute dream. But yeah, it was it was chaos, wasn't but it? But she was like, no, I'm gonna go and chase Freddie across the stage. Yeah, yeah, it was chaos. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to do that again, thank you. So, so when I said to you yes. next year, make it a Wes Anderson theme. Yeah, I mean, it's already got my brain work. The thing is, I want to do some... I, I like to do things a bit different. I want to, like, really treat... Like, I wanted it to be a real experience for Ramona because I'm capable of it. I think that's the thing, is, like, it's my job to make things. Yeah. And so she sees me doing that. And She's so like, why don't you make it for me? Exactly. So I feel like I have to present that to, to my children and, and for it to be a real, like, magical experience. But, like, they're really little, and I think a Wacky Warehouse party is also a magical experience. Yeah, I mean, like, save this is. for when they're, like, 16 or 18, so we can get drunk at these parties. Exactly. Exactly. So, talking of Wacky Warehouse chicken nuggets, what are we going to talk about today? Today we're going to talk about feeding again, but last time we covered breast versus bottle. Mm-hmm. The milk years, if you will. The milk years, yes. Baby times. Um... And this week, we're going to talk about when you actually start giving them real human food. Yes. Actual solids, as they call it. So we're going to talk weaning and we're going to talk about um, like feeding older kids as well. And there's so many questions that come along with that. Like, are they going to be a fussy eater? How do you choose what you're going to cook every day? Yeah. So I think we should just crack on. Crack on with weaning? Yeah, talk about weaning first. So yes. there's two major types of weaning. Two, like, two main camps, isn't there? Yes. There's puree spoon weaning Yes. and baby-led weaning. Yes. And never the twain shall meet. <laughs> <laughs> but... I mean, they do a bit, the, don't the, they? The twain absolutely did meet for me. But yeah, there are some too. people that are very, like, yeah. stridently in favour of one or the other. Yeah, well, I mean, one example, very similar to a lot of um, uh, things that have happened in the early years with me and, like, my parents, is when I explained what baby led weaning was to my mum, she was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, she simply could not comprehend that you just present your child with solid food and let them do what the fuck they want with it. She just couldn't. She was like, why would you do that? And I was like, oh, because it kind of teaches them how to feed. And she was like, what? What? Yeah. Ah! Couldn't couldn't get her head around it at all. Um, so, yes, I guess, why don't you describe what, what baby led weaning is? So baby led weaning is the concept of sort of just feeding your baby what you eat. And obviously there are, there are adaptations. You can't just present a six month old with no teeth a full roast dinner and expect sure. them to eat it they're not you can't just give them steak and chips it's yeah 
that they, doesn't they fly. ain't chewing pork at six months are they yeah so they have to be like must um, be safe yeah like developmentally appropriate for their yeah. age so yeah. kick off with bits of fruit and bits of toast and stuff progress them through yeah like uh there was i remember with baby led weaning for people who did it i didn't with ramona but we'll go into that um it, there was a lot of mashing up of carrot and sweet potato yeah there was a lot of that banana banana, banana and avocado are big ones for yeah. baby led weaners as well yes 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 because it's sort of soft but also kind of solid yeah and if i are... presented darcy with avocado as a baby she would spit it at me yeah, I mean, there was no, there was absolutely no way Ramona was going to have anything like that. Yeah, baby led weaning is essentially like you kind of leave them to it, don't you? Yeah, you let them feed themselves with their hands. Mm. Usually they're not feeding their own mouths. They're feeding like their hair, their face, their high chair. And every single kitchen. surface in the room <laughs> yeah. that they are in. Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of the, that's, so that's the reason we didn't baby led wean. Baby? led wean yeah that's right that's why we didn't baby led wean with ramona so we were in a one bedroom flat absolutely tiny we didn't even have space for a high chair for her mm. there was no space for that sort of mess yeah our kitchen was so small you couldn't you couldn't do anything in it um so we weren't able to baby led wean but again that whole first child scary fear thing i felt so judged i probably wasn't judged but i felt really judged and um like an insufficient mother I wasn't baby led weaning. I basically bought pouches of food with a spoon and spoon fed her. And she fed really, really well. And she loved it and she was really good and she ate all the time. So the kind of, the kind of, what would you say? Like the kind of, the pro and the, the, the pro and the con to it. I felt judged that I wasn't baby led weaning, but she ate loads of food. Yeah. So. And I think yeah. like, I'm not sure what the actual kind of, pros too but i think it just helps them become more kind of um familiar on a sensory level with food and yes it's a sensory thing isn't it and also like a kind of um gives them a bit of autonomy as well in what they eat yeah and how much they're eating of it but little kids anyway they're very intuitive eaters yeah yeah i suppose the the argument is that if you're spoon feeding a child you're the one doing it yeah you're doing it with a spoon so you're choosing how much they eat and when they're eating Whereas with baby led weaning, it's like they're experimenting with how much they put in their mouth. Yeah. However. And then the other option is like purees and feeding them with a spoon, which is tidier. It's more expensive because you've got to buy puree and don't even get me started on making your own. So I was like, I had a very small phase right at the beginning of weaning where I was like, I mean, I was obviously having some sort of mental episode because I was like, I'm going to make all my own puree. I'm going to freeze it in giant ice cubes and no so i'd give her an ellis kitchen pouch and she'd hoover it yeah yeah. and then i would make the same ellis kitchen pouch out of actual fruit and vegetables and she'd be like fuck off yeah you who do you think you are you're not ella and you're not in ella's kitchen get out of the kitchen (laughs) get out of the kitchen you imbecile yeah i I mean, we, we weren't even buying... We couldn't even afford Ella's Kitchen. We were buying, like, Asda's own. And that was another thing. This is what I find so insane about this whole mother judgment thing. Like, I felt guilty that I was buying her the 50p pouches from Asda. Which have the exact same ingredients in them. That's all we could afford. But I still felt like people would be like, oh, you're not buying Ella's Kitchen ones because they're organic. And it's like, I can't... I, what more am I supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. And I think, as well... Um, 
maybe we've got got a bit of a head bit ahead of ourselves because we haven't actually discussed when when you start to wean well there's difference in opinions isn't there yeah because there are some people that the guidelines say you should start to wean at about six months yes we weaned a little bit earlier than that well um, we as babies ourselves were weaned at four months because when we were well i born. was we i started being weaned um because if you ask my mum this story, she <laughs> she will just she loves to tell people about how uh, horrible and inconvenient I was as a baby. <laughs> oh, bless you! Because I screamed constantly. Yeah. And she would take me to the doctors here, and they'd be like, "She's got colic. It's mm. like you can't do anything to help her." And eventually, she hadn't slept for months. I was maybe not even three months old. Yeah. And my mum took me to the doctors in Ireland because she had to go... My dad worked away. Yeah. So she was on her own with me as well. Yeah. Uh, so she went over to my grandparents in Ireland and she was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, and then the doctor in Ireland, I, I think they might have just been a bit more, bit, bit more old school because back in the day, like it might have been 1993, but in Ireland it was about 1967. Yeah. Still is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. They don't even have internet there. <laughs> she was joking. Um, but she took me to the doctors there and the doctor said, that baby is hungry. Ah. And I was guzzling down, like I would do two big bowls in a go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then she she started feeding me a bit of baby rice. Yeah. And she said the change in me was immediate. You just, knew, you just wanted food? Overnight. And yeah. I have always been a greedy gal. I mean, food's the best, right? Yeah. But, okay, so... Do we know why the guidelines are now six months and not There are some people that say feeding babies solids before six months, it interrupts their, like, their natural gut biome sort of thing. okay. Um, And it also, like, stretches out their stomach and is more likely to make them overweight in the future. And I'm not sure how true that is, but that's an argument that a lot of people will use. We started weaning Darcy, actually when she was about four months because like i mentioned last time she was an extremely hungry baby she went straight from being breastfed to being on hungry baby milk because normal baby milk didn't fill her up enough weren't cutting it yeah yeah i think again it's one of those things isn't it where you make that choice for your baby and and she was a larger than average baby as well so she was born eight pound five yeah and she has stayed consistently like within the 90s on like the percentile chart so i think this is a good time to point out that if you've got a first child or you're pregnant and you know you've got all that fear to come again it's one of those things where don't feel shamed into making decisions for your baby that are slightly different with the people's yeah it's the same thing it's like i felt guilty for feeding my baby pouches when everyone else is baby led weaning when I simply didn't have the options to not do to do that yeah. and it's the same with like the feeding earlier we're told to start feeding our babies at six months but what worked for you was to start feeding Darcy at four months and that yeah. worked yeah and it's that again it's that like that's why we're here that's why we're recording this podcast is to make people feel safe to be like you can make your own choice yeah you don't be worried feel empowered to make the choice that is right for your family yeah. and your baby yeah because I don't even think at the time if I can remember correctly, I don't think I actually told anyone that I was giving her solid food. What, because you were worried? Because I was worried that they'd yeah. be like, well, she can't have that till she's six months. Yeah. 
Well, it's funny you mention that because I know we're going back to milk again, but when I spoke to Dave about the last podcast we'd just done about feeding, he said, do you not remember that we gave Ramona a bottle of milk and then we pretended we hadn't? And when we spoke to, I think it was a lactation consultant, we said, oh, would it be bad if we were to give her a bottle to see what their reaction would be when we'd already given her a bottle? So it was like that kind of like secrecy because we were scared of the way we'd be judged about things. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's absolute madness. For the record as well, going, talking about feeding, um, I did end up baby led weaning Lola, but that was for a totally opposite reason. And again, this is the whole point about your choice and what works for you as a family. So Ramona, we fed with prill raisin and a spoon because that's what we had to do. But then with Lola, the family dynamic was different. There were more of us, sat around a table, moved into a bigger home. And so she was baby led weaned because that was the cheaper option. Yeah. It was cheaper for us to give her the food that we were eating. There was no way that I was going to start buying the sort of pouches I was buying for Ramona when we already had a family's worth of meals. Yeah. So it, it just depends what your dynamic is. The thing with baby led weaning, my problem with it is it can be very expensive and the way yeah. that it is presented... And there's an extreme amount of food waste involved in it as well. There's a lot of food waste. It's presented on the internet as a thing that you're supposed to do if you're a doting mother. Mm-hmm. And often with those things that are presented like that, they cost a lot of money. Yeah. And not all of us can afford that sort of thing. And it's like you have to buy the special plates that suction onto the high yeah. chair thing. And you have yeah, yeah. to get this and you have to get that. And yeah. like, it's just another way almost... That it encourages new mums to compete with each other to exactly. see who loves their baby the most. Exactly. And that, it's just like breast versus bottle. Yeah. Two sides. It seems like there's two sides. Always two sides, yeah. But why isn't it just accepted that people can just meet in the middle? Yeah. Like, Darcy yeah, yeah. had puree, but I also, like, would sling her some toast, cut her up some fruit and let her chew on it. Like, when she was teething, she loved if I cut her up like carrot batons yeah, yeah. and chewing on them. took them out of the fridge, like that would really mm. soothe her gums and stuff. Yeah. Ramona loved them Biscoff biscuits. Oh yeah, Ooh, baby mama. biscuits. Baby, baby biscuits. That was one of the first things when we were, when Ramona was getting a little bit older and about ready to be weaned. I remember we were like, oh, we're thinking of starting to give Ramona solids. And my dad went, give her a rusk. And I remember being absolutely outraged. I can't give her a rusk. They've got sugar in them. And being completely like, oh my goodness, how dare you suggest such a thing, Father? You're so outdated. And then, you know, within a month, month, it's like, have another rusk. Go on. Yeah, your rusk is like your... (laughs) Fourth of the day, you know, like, go on, have some more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'd always have rusks in the bag and those, like, the biscotti ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also baby crisps as well. Baby, Those big baby, old what's it? straws. Oh, beautiful. They're quite They're nice, dream, actually. actually. I would, you know, chop I a few used of those. to eat them. Um, Ramona used to fall asleep with a bag of, like, crisps. And she'd just be absolutely <laughs> covered in orange and, like, a head hitting the high chair. It was so funny. Um, but another thing that happens when you start to wean that yes. I don't think people mention that much is, um, obviously, when they drink milk, yes. everything is liquid. Ah. So I their see. poo... Is liquid. Yes. There is nothing more disconcerting mm-hmm. than changing your baby's nappy when yeah. you've started. And it doesn't happen straight away. No. Often it takes a while for it to kind of happen. When you open the nappy and there's like a, an adult human shit. Yeah. Nothing, just, nothing just sitting can prepare in it. you for that smell as well. Because baby poo smells is like it's got its own smell. But when they start doing food poos... <clears throat> 
Oh, I mean, I've still got it now. I've still got a Lola, and it's like you can you can order, you can smell it from rooms away. <laughs> I'll be in the kitchen, and Lola will be in the lounge. I'll be like, "Have you done a poo?" Yes, of course you have, because the whole house <laughs> reeks of human shit. <laughs> it's, it's awful. It's just the most dis, and I, I genuinely, I, I don't know whether it's just because I'm not very bright. <laughs> but I didn't put two and two together and think like if they're eating adult food they'll have ad- they'll have adult shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I remember just being so surprised. I called my mum into the room to come and look at it. Pointing at the poo. Look at the like, poo. Look. <laughs> mum look. You've got a dog as well. You're used to picking up shit. Yeah. yeah. But it also they're much easier. It's much easier to clean up. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's generally speaking. It absolutely stinks. It's pretty horrific, but generally it's easier to deal with, isn't it? Yeah. You're not like, oh my God. Like at the beginning when they tell you to wipe your baby's bum with like cotton wool and warm water. And then when they start doing human poos, it's just like three wipes, maybe four. Bish, bash, bosh. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. Done. And and then they stop doing that horrible thing where they poo and it's in their hair at the back of their neck. Yeah, explosions going up the back. The worst. mm. The the absolute worst. Oh, God. So would this be a good time? Do you think we should start talking about, like, uh, as we're growing up, as the kids are growing, and the issues surrounding food and children? Because we've got five-year-olds. So I've got a two-year-old who we're now at a point where she will eat most of the food... (laughs) <laughs> will she rosie will she eat most of the food we present with not really but in terms of like she is capable physically of eating the food she's she's capable of retrieving whatever the fuck she wants out of the cupboard that's for sure <laughs> i mean how many times do i have to say to her she'll she'll come in the room with no her lola not a whole toblerone no, i'll be like oh i suppose you can have a third packet of monster munch <laughs> if it shuts you up i say as she's holding a multi-bag in her arm <laughs> screaming at me um, but now now that we've got five-year-olds, we've got school kids, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like the difference with food now is it's psychological, isn't it? It's emotional. Yeah. It's not just you getting your child to eat food to stay alive. It's now more than that, isn't it? Yeah, and you run the risk of like accidentally fucking them up real bad if you don't, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people that grow up in this, a similar era to what we grew up in yes their parents accidentally fucked them up a lot yeah so now we're like hyper aware mm. of of that and don't want to, and want to kind of break that cycle and yes move away from that because we grew up very much in the era of diet culture um diet also, culture but also just eat like you must eat everything that i pre- present, present to, to you. you yeah otherwise well there was no otherwise you're eating it or you don't go to bed essentially you're eating that or you go to bed with no dinner yeah so we spoke about this earlier about um about the war the war yeah we spoke about the war well so we are of a generation where the generation before us and their parents well so the generation before us so our parents were raised by people that were born or grew up in kind of immediate post world war Two. yeah so yeah yeah our parents' parents were very aware of like food insecurity. They'd maybe gone through rationing. Yeah. So they obviously, when food became abundant again, yes, started to serve up massive portions. Yeah. And feed, then feed, that's feed, just feed, carried feed. on. Like my yeah. nana is a massive feeder. Yeah. I think that's is. also because she had three boys. Yeah. So she, it on. was always feeding 
three boys and her husband. Yeah. And so she thinks that everybody needs to eat a plate of food that's like a foot high. And if you don't, then you might die because there's a war on. Yeah. It's basically that kind of mentality, isn't it? Yeah. But what's also really interesting, because I'm sure your your grandparents are the same, is that kind of, it's, I'm going to overfeed you because I've lived through scarcity of food. Yeah. But also... It's I'm going to totally, call you fat yeah, all the time. Totally okay for me to comment on your weight if you are female. Yeah. And that that is obviously very problematic. Mm-hmm. And we're now mothers to girls. And so that's obviously on our minds, which is why we want to have this episode about feeding food rather than milk. Yeah. Is that kind of like breaking that cycle. But also, how do you break that cycle? Because I... So my main issue is that I have to, to a degree, force my child to eat food yeah. that is good for her. Ramona is yeah. really good at eating good meals because we have good, solid meals that always have, are packed with vegetables. They're different every day. It's mainly pasta, and she likes all of them. She's got a really good range of like foods that she will eat. I mean, the girl likes capers, for goodness sake. We're doing all right. Yeah. But it's the, it's getting her to eat an amount that I'm satisfied with so that I then feel happy for her to have maybe a bit of chocolate or something sweet if she wants, but also allowing her to say when she's full, it's that kind of, that compromise I find very difficult. It's, yeah. I'm mummy, I'm full, and me thinking, I don't think you've eaten enough to sustain the amount of energy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To, and also for me to then allow you to have pudding. But then that makes me feel weird as well, because it's like, if we continue with this whole, if you don't eat this, you don't get this dynamic... But then that's just presenting that's just um treats treats treat and, food yeah and that's just gonna that's make them too. want that more so yeah. what's the answer give me the answer now yeah i think that's <laughs> it's something that you just it's a really hard balance to strike and i feel really lucky because i've mentioned before on the podcast that darcy is an exceptionally good eater yeah she yeah, yeah. she loves fruit any fruit she eats so much soft fruit so her yeah. breakfast would typically be um a weetabix with maybe four or five strawberries cut up on top wow and milk and some blueberries and then she'll have an apple as well i think you should stop talking and a cup of, <laughs> and a cup of tea and a cup of tea now your daughter should be the queen <laughs> and then she eats virtually anything for her dinner she you know and she always eats all her vegetables there's a few things she won't eat she doesn't like mushrooms she's not keen on fair enough mate fair enough if you don't like mushrooms that's okay and that's that's that i got i happened to get really really lucky with that because i have always been a good eater yeah have always eaten pretty much anything that was put in front of me yeah but my brother was the absolute opposite and is very picky yeah so if you th- okay, so you don't you don't get to have an opinion on ch- your child because she has a wonderful eating habits. But how do you fit? So how does? But then how did your parents deal with your brother? Um, and you, what's the difference? And how did they deal with it? Well, they would just put my food down in front of me and I would eat it. And then how did they react to your brother? Mm, so Liam had to be told that all meat was chicken. Like he's like uh-huh, obviously sure, sure, quite sure. dim. Yeah. yeah because he believed, he believed it he believed it That's he was fair. like oh do you want yeah. this steak yeah it's chicken it's chicken chicken steak and yeah. he would just and he'd be like oh can i have some pink chicken that was ham <laughs> nice 
So they, so they, did they played it by... on his stupidity and cool. tricked him into tricked eating. Him. Tricked. Okay, that's fine. Food. But even now, like I do, I predominantly cook in our house, and if I make like a curry or a spaghetti bolognese or something that's got onions in it, I will have to refrain from screaming at him at the table because he's picking minuscule shards of onion. Oh, out he of still, his food. he still does it now. Yeah, and it's it drives me insane. Interesting. He's not so bad now, but like. You know, yeah. That, it's. I think that we're not. Well, we're not like equipped fully to discuss it in terms of like, um, you know, like we're not medical professionals. We're not nutritionists, shall we say? We are not. We can only go on like our opinions and how we're dealing and what with works our, for us. Yeah, what works for us. But I guess the reason that we want to discuss it is it's something that we wor- we worry about mm-hmm. quite a lot. We don't know the answers. We don't really know what we're doing. We're just trying our best. Another thing I want to talk about, actually, is snacking. Because Darcy, although she eats good meals, she also has tendencies to be a bit of a grazer. Yeah. Which I think is fine. A lot of... The vast majority of the time, what she wants to graze on is, like, cherry tomatoes. Bloody loves a cherry tomato, um, doesn't she? Cucumber, berries... You know, she she generally will tend to go for fruit mm. and then or, or like salady bits. But then if she if she was given the opportunity, she obviously would would eat like ten happy hippos in a row. Oh yeah, I mean Ramona's snacking is like bubblegum ice cream, chocolate, <laughs> crisps. But then my dad and I think because I didn't really grow up in a massive snacking culture either, like yeah. I don't really remember grazing that much on stuff as a kid. Like I just yeah have my breakfast have my lunch have my dinner and that was that my dad goes absolutely bananas over her like having snacks what he thinks is weird that she'd like bad that she does so say she has her breakfast at eight o'clock in the morning by like half nine oh, she'll be asking for food snacky. again of course and my dad's like you've just had your breakfast like sometimes he'll even say this after she's not eaten for like three hours and i just yeah. have to and i've had to tell him a couple of times look you're you making such a big deal out of her eating habits and when she chooses to eat yeah i don't want you to do that because i think that could cause potential issues further down the line i don't think you should really be making a comment on how much she's eating because the child never stops moving so it makes sense yeah yeah that she would need i read somewhere that the average toddler requires about a thousand to fourteen hundred calories a day bloody hell that's a lot and that is how much if i went on my fitness pal now yeah and told it that i wanted to lose weight that's how mind, much yeah. i'm nearly yeah, six yeah. feet tall yeah and i'm a relatively broad build i've got quite a lot of muscle yeah it would tell me that i needed to eat like 12 1400 yeah. calories a day wow that's really interesting that's a good way of that's a really good way of looking at it i think isn't it if that's how much that's how much energy kids are using if you're if you're if you know calories like I do, <laughs> I know calories. Very familiar with calories. Very very intimately. Then you know that's a good way. I know not necessarily counting calories is a good thing, but it's a good base level as to how much they're eating mm. or how much they should be eating to get yeah. them through the day. But yes, like you say, the whole commenting on it that's that's an issue, isn't it? Because it's because is she then going to worry about snacking when she's older? And if you worry about it, then you're more likely to do it, and then it becomes an you know what I mean? It's that's like telling her that's that's communicating to her like you shouldn't eat more that's greedy you know yeah 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 yeah. and that's just not that that's definitely something that 
I have thought about myself in the past and I've had some quite significant struggles with my weight and food and body image and stuff like that. Another thing that we don't do in our house at all is comment on other people's bodies. No, that's good. You shouldn't, never. Especially children anyway, like it's not... It's not on, is it? It's not on. I was absolutely devastated. It was a Monday and Darcy didn't want to go to school because she said that her tummy stuck out too much. And where did that come from? I have think? absolutely you no You know, idea. as you said that, my tummy rumbled. <laughs> and it rumbled so loudly you might hear it on the microphone. But when you said, tummy, my tummy went, yes! Yes, hello. <laughs> hello, tummy! Um, yeah, so where, where did that come from then? Do you I know? I have no idea because we don't talk about that. I, I don't make negative comments about my body at all no. in front of her. No. In fact, I've been tr- actively trying not to make negative comments about my body full stop. But yeah. it's, it's, it's not as easy as that. Of course. But I, I definitely don't, and I never have no. made negative comments about my body in front of Darcy. Um, I have told like my mum and other people that are close to us not to do that not also. Do yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the only thing that I could think of was that she'd heard something at school. Yeah. So I emailed her teacher, and her teacher just said, like, we, you know, I don't know where she's heard it. I don't know where that's come from. So I, d- yeah. I still don't know where it came from, but it was absolutely devastating for me. Yeah. Uh, because I have had such a tough time with my my body image, Yeah. Um, it just brought everything back. Yeah, and for kids that age to be thinking about that. Like she, she wasn't even five. She yeah. was four years old when she when she said that. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, those things are coming up so young. So young, yeah. So, for, like, I, I, I've I, also had many issues with eating, but, like, my mum my has struggled her whole life, but she was very, very good at hiding it to a point where we, you know, didn't really know anything about it because she was so good at being really body positive and you know all of those sorts of things but what's quite clear to me is that it doesn't matter how how body positive you are or like food positive you are with your children society will get society them will somehow. get them yeah it'll get all of us and the the main thing is just as trying to reinforce kind of you know that they're fucking beautiful no matter what yeah like have you seen online people there's there's been a discussion happening that i've seen a lot of recently is the difference in size between children's clothes from the boys section and the girls section no so someone went and bought a pair of shorts from asda this same exact size the girls ones were i think they were both like age five to six for example yeah the boys ones were like a two or three inches bigger on the waist and longer in the leg. The girls' ones were shorter and, and physically smaller. And there is no... There's, no difference. There's, I think... Very from, small difference. From what I remember, there's like 0.1 of a percentage in difference between the sizes of children. Yeah. Like whether they're a boy or a girl. Yeah, yeah. There's, like, there's not that much differentiation in size. Yeah. Like on average. I'd say until, Ramona and Darcy are much are taller than older. most of the boys that yeah. I know. Yeah. They're taller, definitely. Definitely. 
And so for them to be presenting clothes at that age, which yeah. is smaller in size, is horrific. Yeah. Like, Darcy's five, and she... I'd say... I mean, she's always been on the larger side, like, of the growth percentile. Yeah. She's very tall. Yeah. Um, But she would be in now... The next lot of sort of vests and stuff I need to get her will need to be seven to eight. Hmm. God almighty. Um... What are your thoughts on school dinners? Um, for me, because Darcy went to nursery full time. Ah, yes. For the last, for a year before COVID and then after COVID till she went to school. Yes. She was at nursery five days a week. Yeah. So I never had to think about what she was eating. Well, this is interesting that you just mentioned that because it did just make me think then. Um, Lola's quite a fussy eater. I mean, not by some standards. She's doing all right. She's eating food. But, like, she can be quite fussy and you're a bit like, oh, whatever. But she is one of those kids, and I imagine there's a lot of people out there that are saying amen to this, is that she will be very fussy at home and then you look at your little app when she comes back from nursery and she's eating all the food. All the food that if you would present that to her in a normal situation, she'd be like, how do get out the kitchen, right? (laughs) You're not Ella, get out the kitchen. Yeah, you're not Ella, get out the kitchen. That's our new tagline. (laughs) Um, And she will eat everything at nursery. So I just wonder if there's like a... It'd be interesting to find out if there's any stats or if anyone wants to get in touch with us about like full-time nursery or just nursery in general or, or preschool care and whether or not that affects children's food in the sense that they are with people their own age And it encourages them to eat food more, maybe? Yeah, Darcy's nursery as well was a Montessori setting, so they were encouraged to self-serve so they could choose the amount of food on their plate. Ah, interesting. And they ate in, like, they all sat around a big table. Yeah. And I think that going to nursery full-time, well, she didn't go full-time from the start, but going to Mm. nursery for more of the week than she was at home has had... a a massive benefit on her eating habits moving forward and it instills a routine doesn't it and it's like the expectation of eating a you know like eating food in that kind of setting yeah and we have always made an effort as well to as much as possible eat together since since she started school so yes i was kind of blindsided when she first started school because it was the first time I'd ever really had to think about what to feed her for dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, God, what am I going to feed her every day? Same as you, mate. That's what <laughs> I think is the... This is the thing. It's like there's so many different ways of looking at it. I just think the easiest and the cheapest is they eat what you eat. Yeah. And that's a better routine and for them, isn't it? sometimes, like, there are adaptations to of be made. Of course. She's not going to eat, like, a spicy Nando's. No. But I can just cook her a plain chicken breast and, and give if her you're, some tomato yeah. sauce to do. And if you're in, sitting you know? with her and you're presenting it in the same way that you're presenting your food, then it's not weird, is it? Yeah. That's kind of what we've found. We make lots of like big pasta dishes and it's in one big bowl and each day it's got different vegetables in it or it's a different style. But it's like we're all eating the same thing and we're all eating it at the same yeah. time. And since she started school as well, she obviously has her school dinner. And she, generally speaking, eats all her school dinner. Yeah. Like her dinner lady has stopped me in the supermarket before to tell me what a good eater she is. Oh, she's an exemplary student already. Yeah. Wonderful. So um, she, she has her school dinner and then we make a point of 
sitting at the table and eating dinner because yeah. I think that is a really good habit to get into anyway. I can't yeah. really eat sat on the sofa anymore. No. But I mean it makes me feel really sick. I would point out because we only because I've lived in a tiny flat where there yeah, was some no people table, don't have that option. We used to eat we used to eat on the sofa or like sat in bed and I still think I don't care if you don't have a dining room if you're all sitting on the floor together just still do it together. Yeah. I think it doesn't matter. You don't have to say, oh, you know, we can't. We unfortunately we don't have a dining room table. Doesn't matter. You can still eat together. Yeah. I still think that's something that people can do, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like when I was at uni, we, me and my flatmates, w- would eat together. We didn't have yeah. a table to eat around, but that's it. Sit on the floor or sit in our rooms or whatever it was. But I and think it's that's... just making food a, a community. Yeah. We've lost that a bit, haven't we? Event. We've lost that. And I think it's it's like bringing that back a little bit. Yeah. But the difference is we bring that kind of idea that we all eat together and as I think a group. the idea of feeding the children separately and then waiting. I mean, yeah. some people might want that. If people want that quality time to eat with their partner, that, that more power to them. Yes. But I think it's really good for the child's development and for your like growth as a family... Well, that's when we talk to Ramona about what she's been up to at school. Yeah. Because she will not tell us a thing after school because she's knackered mm-hmm. and she wants to stare at the TV for an hour and snack. Yeah. And so then by the time dinner time's come round, we're in a position to say, what, what have you been up to? up to? Yeah. And that's when she starts getting all sassy because you you can't get a word out of her. As soon as we sit down at the table and it's like, what have you done at school? And she'll be like, so... And then she starts going, also, also... <laughs> Yeah, so I think eating around the table is a really good thing. Um, yeah, school dinners. I So we're now in a position where we've got to start thinking about what happens when we have to start paying for them. Because oh, you have yeah. to start paying for them at some point, don't you? It's like after year one, is it? No, it's when they go into year three. Year three. Okay, so we've got a couple more years left, left yet. But me and Dave had this conversation. And he was like, no, we can't, we're can't. we not paying for school dinners. We're going to send her with packed lunch. And I was like, she will not eat it. And that's more, that's more work for... That's more work for me. You. And we, and, or Dave. Or Dave. Well, but yeah. It's more Probably work, Dave. More work for somebody. Well, and do you I, know what I said, Sinead? This is what I said to him. He was like, oh, we'll have to send her with packed lunches because I'm not paying. And I said, I'm not making her sandwiches because she will not eat them. She yeah. will eat a lovely hot dinner. She ain't eating sandwiches. And he went, well, yeah, but it's more money. I went, not if she doesn't eat the sandwiches. It's not. Yeah. It's not worth it. It's we- It's a waste of food. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, absolutely no accountability if you send her with a packed lunch. She will come back with a full lunch and won't have ate, ate a thing. I know yeah. it. School dinners, she's happy as Larry. She loves them. She talks about them. She eats all of them. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, no, I think we, oh, no, we can't, we're not paying, I'm not paying for school dinners. I went, you make the sandwiches that she won't eat then. Mm-hmm. End of conversation. Guess what? I think we're going to keep keep the school keep dinners. The school dinners. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that... I'm is... always right. <laughs> I think that being able... Being in a position where our children get free school dinners up until the, the end of year two is amazing. And Darcy eats her school dinners and loves her school dinners. And I also think having a hot meal in the middle of the day relieves yeah. the pressure of having to give them a full meal at night time. Yes, that's true. Yeah, you don't have to worry so much about because that. Because yeah. some nights we can't be bothered to cook a full meal so I, no. I just say oh do you want a snacky plate for your dinner so yeah. i'll just do her some tomatoes some cucumber some ham some cheese yeah. some crackers yeah, olives yeah. whatever a buffet but yes a small buffet a charcuterie board sometimes yeah <laughs> and she'll just eat that and and it's happy as Larry. and then i don't have to feel guilty that she's not had a, 
a proper meal yeah. in that day because Absolutely. she has had one at school. So I think we will keep on school dinners as well i mean the fact that you have to pay for them at all is absolutely yeah i think ridiculous children are required legally to be at school why yes. aren't school required legally to feed them because the tories true yeah bloody tories i really do think that all children should be fed at school absolutely they should it should be their well it is their right surely surely it's their human <laughs> right i don't know let's not get into it um i think this is a really good point for us to stop talking about food because I would like to introduce a new segment. Would okay. you Would you like me to introduce a new segment? Yes. Yes? Okay. So um, I have got a very good friend called Inna. Mm-hmm. Um, I have known her since school. She's a wonderful lady. Uh, and she's come up with an idea for us. Oh, thank you, Inna. Yes. So just for a bit of background, um, I met Inna when I was 10 at high school. She's from Russia. Wow. And when we were teenagers, I mean, I hope her mum's not listening, but we did used to try and steal her mum's Russian vodka. So that was <laughs> fun. Um, and her husband, Max, um, is going to be our first guest on the show. So exciting. So we're going to interview a father. Our first dad. Our first dad. And that is... A uh, dilf, if you will. A dilf, if you will. I'm sure he won't mind that. <laughs> uh, and so that's Inna's husband, Max. So that's who we're talking about. And she messaged me... Um, to say that we should have a segment of things that parents say to their kids that they never thought would come out of their mouths. Yeah. Um, and her example was um, what she said to her child the other day, which was, no, Alice, that's not Daddy, that's King Charles. <laughs> and my example, which was yesterday, is, um, Lola, why are you licking my shin? <laughs> See, this all, this reminds me, when you first suggested this to me, it immediately reminded me of a time that, we were about 16 and I was on the phone to my friend Alicia. Now, yes. Alicia is the same age as me, so she's 29 and she's got two younger brothers. So yeah. when we were 16, one of her younger brothers was two. I think yeah, William was yeah, like yeah. two or three. Yeah. And I just have this really strong memory of being on the phone to her because we used to see each other all day at school and then naturally ring each other for like two hours in of the course. evening. Of course. And we were on the phone and she... All I heard was her saying, no, William, William, stop licking the sofa. <laughs> and at 16, you're like, what the hell? Like, Why is he licking the sofa? So that's going to be my... That's your, she wasn't even a parent. That's but. your contribution. Well, we're thinking, we're going to call this segment uh, Parents Say the Funniest Things. Parents do say the funniest things. And what we would really love all of you to do is tell you ours. So we want to do this every week. And the, the great joy of this, this is no, why this we is... Want them to tell us theirs yeah we want to tell them ours no you said we want to tell them ours sorry that way round you said we want other people to tell us yours i don't know (laughs) i want i want people listening to this right now we've lost all grasp on grammar it's it's the coronation mate it's ruined (laughs) us who are we where where are we from so we want people listening to this podcast to send in funny things that they've had to say to their children yeah and the the joy of this segment is we can have hundreds. We can just reel them out. Yeah. Because the, the, the possibilities are endless. Possibilities. If you've said endless. something to your kid this week and gone, what am I saying? Why am I having to say this? Please tell us. And we can read them out. We can read as many out as we want every single week. And it'd be wonderful. Yeah. So parents say the funniest things. Send in your funny things that you said to your children. We want to hear them. Please send them to us. Oh, send Thank us, you. send them to us via Instagram DM, please. Yeah. 
Instagram DM. I mean, you or can share them anyway. in the Facebook group. Whatever you like, just send it to us and we'll read them out. Even if you make it public, we'll still read them out on the podcast. Yes. Because it's hilarious. Definitely. So that's the new segment. Uh, Parents say the funniest things. Thank you so much, Inna. I am very pleased with you. And I'm also, (laughs) I've got so many questions about why Alice thought that Max was... So we're going to interview Max. And what will be made very clear, because you've never met him, have you? No. So he doesn't look like King Charles. Thank God. (laughs) So I really want to know... What was it? What was it? What What was the situation? Yeah. How on earth did Alice confuse the two? Yes. And also, Max has got lovely hands. <laughs> Definitely not got sausage fingers, that's for sure. I have also got an announcement to make. Have you? Yes. <gasps> When's it due? I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I would like to announce... Yes. ...that if our listeners will remember, uh-huh. we asked them to give blood... And watch the Sugar Maze Freak Like Me video. We did ask them to do that, yes. And we then subsequently offered out a t-shirt. We did offer out a t-shirt, yeah. To the winner. Yes. A winner. Are you going to announce the winner? Yeah. Bloody hell. Go on then. Our winner is Tilly Wheatley. Woohoo! We will be DMing you on Instagram. You just need to prove to us that you've watched the Freak Like Me video. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fairly easy. You can do that as soon as we've said this. Yeah. And then we will send you a t-shirt. She gave blood upon your suggestion. Yeah. And then tagged us in the post on Instagram. She's getting a fucking t-shirt, mate. She, she is. deserves it. So big thanks to Tilly. And big well thanks done, to Tilly. anyone else that's booked in to give blood. Yes. Not me. I still haven't done it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I also haven't booked a smear test, which is something else you've asked me to do. I'm an awful human. I'm so sorry. Why am I in charge of Rosie's health? <laughs> well, that's the thing. You're, you're in charge, like, uh, theoretically... But physically, I'm just not listening to you <laughs> at all. Um, oh, great. Nice one, Tilly. Thank you for giving blood, you absolute superhero. And just to wrap up, Rosie, what is your love of the week? Trampolines. 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 Um, Dave bought a trampoline for Ramona's birthday present, one of those fuck-off ones that you put in the garden. Really? And I was a bit sceptical about it. I was like, I, I kept looking at Marketplace, going, this one's only 30 quid. And he was like, I'm not buying a second-hand, a second-hand trampoline that looks like it's been on fire. We're not doing it. So he bought a new one, but like the cheapest one he could find. And um, when the get when Ramona finishes school, generally what happens is they both girls just sit in front of the TV, yeah, and just scowl for about an hour. Um, but now they fuck off outside and go on the trampoline. That's amazing. I can I can go I can go in the kitchen and cook, or I can get on with something as long as I can sort of watch over them. Because the the only problem with the trampoline. The only problem I can find. It's all wins. Apart from kids have this really annoying thing of they, they go, Mummy, Mummy, watch this. And then they'll do a spin. And you're like, grow yeah. up. <laughs> grow up. So the problem with the trampoline is a, there's a lot of that. I, I mean, maybe because it's new, but Ramona's like, Mummy, watch this. And, and then, then she'll she like jumps and you're like, well done you, darling. Excellent. And you have to act really surprised and like, yeah. wow, that's great. That was a really big <gasps> wow. jump. Even though you're a fucking trampoline. But um, for the most part, absolutely in love see the thing about trampolines um one our garden is too small to accommodate one but um i really wanted one as a kid but Mm. my dad is as i'm sure i've explained to you before the most extra man that has ever lived oh he's so dramatic isn't he yeah i've seen his leg sling (laughs) (laughs) that your grandma said looks like a big condom so (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah, when we had bikes, he locked them up with chains that were, like, this thick. 
like the actual links of the chain were at least half an inch thick. Why? They were too heavy for me or my brother to unwrap the chains from around the box. Oh my god! When we had a swing set, yeah. he dug footings for the legs of the swing set that were this deep to make sure you didn't, it didn't fall. When over. I say this deep, about two feet deep. Jesus Christ! Like he he just doesn't do things by halves. Yeah. So if we had a trampoline, oh. the man would dig it into the ground. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's not worth his effort. No, it's and not. his dramatization of what a trampoline should be. Our washing line in our garden, yes, is stood in at least three feet of concrete. What in, in, in case, case it, it blows away? Blows away because we we do you know we we do live on the what west coast of Florida. Where is it? Where is it in America? Somewhere very prone to hurricanes. Yeah, obviously. definitely. Yeah, the beast of the east. He's oh. just. <sighs> is he a warrior? He's. He's something. He's something. He's a thing. Yeah, he just has to make everything as inconvenient and difficult as possible. I mean, it's what it's a, a lot of men do that, don't they? That's true. A lot of men do that. I mean, in a very well, well-meaning way. Yeah. Oh yeah. No He's the about. sort of man that if it was left up to him, yeah, each door would have at least sixteen locks. Oh, he's one of those guys. Has he got a bunker? If he, he if do. there was room in our house for a bunker, he would there have would be one. a bunker. Yeah. Um, okay, well, your love of the week is definitely not your dad. What is it? <laughs> uh, my love of the week is the Leicester Tigers women's rugby team. Oh, shout out. Big shout out to them. So um, my honorary auntie, Mary, who listens to this podcast, actually. Does she? Yeah. Um, very kindly took me and my mum to the awards dinner at Leicester Tigers. Oh, I, I have been to a Leicester Tigers ladies night, but I was a lot younger and I remember it being full of very horny ladies. <laughs> That's all so, I can say. Because she takes my mum every year because she goes, she's very into rugby. Yes. And then this year I was like, can I come as well? So yeah. she took me and we were lucky enough to be sat on a table with, how many were there? Four uh, members of, of, the, of, the, of the women's, women's team. team amazing absolutely lovely ladies ah oh, that's great um i even spoke to a couple of them about potentially coming on the podcast in the future i so i used to love i mean i still do like rugby but i don't have time to go um but i used to go see the leicester tigers every other week religiously like a, a rugby girl definitely rugby girl see so I, am I would not. definitely fangirl those ladies if they wanted to come here well i am not and i think that we should take the girls to uh a women's rugby match yeah i think that's a great idea hey. massive shout out they're all absolutely fantastic an absolute professional athlete a joy to be around i have never been a sportswoman sure N- neither have i like you know how clumsy i am yeah, I mean, if they put you on a rugby pitch, I, I would fear for your life, quite yeah. frankly. But, funnily enough, they, they must have some sort of osmosis about them because being yeah. sat on a table with these four women, um, we had to play a game in which we threw a rugby b- ball around the table. Nice. Guess caught who it? caught it every single fucking time and came second to the actual rugby player? Was it scrum half Sinead O'Sullivan? It was! <laughs> amazing and i was so so pleased with myself wow okay well i'm so excited i want to meet these ladies so big shout out to you guys you were fantastic excellent company 
and we got a nice photo together which I'll post on our Instagram. Please do. That sounds great. What a lovely love. Yeah. What a lovely love. What's your loathe of the week? Uh, Lewis Capaldi. Oh, don't. No. I'm not having this. Me and Lewis I'm Capaldi not it. are going to have a fight. Yeah. I, 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 when I say I'm not having it, what I mean is do we have to talk about it? Yes. Do we have to? I've still not watched it. Go on, explain for the listeners. So, um, this... Lewis Capaldi, if you are listening... <laughs> do you think he is? <laughs> uh, me and you are going to have to have a fight because you have caused me severe emotional damages. And if you do get into a fight, I'm going to be the one going, he's not worth it, Sinead, he's not worth it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, he has released a new music video. It is the saddest thing... I have ever seen. And I don't want to spoil it, but for me, old people and dogs are what gets me. The video has old people and dogs. I, I That's all you need to say. You sent me... Well, you posted stories of your reaction to the video. Yeah. And you, you were, like, uncontrollably crying. My my initial reaction was just to piss myself off. <laughs> but then I, I was like... such an ugly crier you were as so, well. You were blubbing. You were actually blubbing. <laughs> <laughs> and I did that like you know the intake of breath where you're like yeah. <laughs> yeah it was it was horrific and I vow never to ever watch that video ever I mean what why why is it why is he doing it I think he's doing it out of spite do you think so yeah. just to piss people off just to upset people just to upset people there's no need for it is there so there's enough angst and sadness and grief going around in this country Lewis Capaldi it's on site yeah on site yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, can I have a kick when he's down? I reckon I could can have I do Lewis a kick? Capaldi. If you could have him to the, gra- like, to the ground and then I'll do a little kick in the stomach. <laughs> Just a little kick. Just a little after Just kick. Just a little kick. Just a little kick. <laughs> I'm pretty sure your cousin also wants in. Yeah. There'll be three three gals against Lewis. Because my cousin then opened the, DM, opened the story and then DM'd back saying, why am I about to watch this when I'm drunk? And then immediately yeah. after... <laughs> sent in pictures of her crying i i just i i saw those pictures i saw the i saw your video i saw the pictures of your cousin and i thought why would anybody subject themselves to that self-harm rosie what's your loathe of the week uh my loathe of the week is and i i I really don't want to say this it's location 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 you've seen location 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 haven't you yeah i love kirstall's and pip Kirstles and Pip are... I, I want them to be my auntie and uncle. Yeah, isn't Kirsty also a big fat Tory, though? I know she's a big fat Tory, but in the context of location, location, location... I big fat Tory being, like, very Tory, not that she's fat. As in she's a big Tory. Yeah. She's a big Tory, yes. But, you know, Pip makes up for it, doesn't he? Yeah. For being a... I just love that. I just love their dynamic. I love the programme. I like house programmes, right? I'm an escape to the country girl. I know that's also very, oh very Tory. Oh, my God. Sorry, what? It's very Tory, but the house is so nice. Okay, well, here's the problem. This is the problem I have I with I don't want to look at a shit terraced house in Burnley. No, but this isn't the problem, Sinead. This isn't the problem at all, right? That I watched the first episode of the newest series of Location, 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 mm-hmm. and Kirstles and Pip took a girl uh, or a lady who's got a really good job and she wants to buy like a one bedroom house or flat mm-hmm. in Oxford or Oxfordshire and they're looking at like one bedroom t- small one to two bedroom flats in Oxfordshire nearly 300 grand are, are you fucking kidding me that's, that's disgusting that's, and it was it? like why are houses so expensive <laughs> why are you ruining castles and pip for me 
yeah. with your stupid house prices. It makes me very angry. It's so annoying that like my grandparents could buy a house with the spare change at the bottom of their pocket. Something it's... that they dug out of the back of the sofa could pay for their house. I'm fairly sure my grandma and granddad's house was a grand. Yeah, and it is the same house not exactly the same house but it is the same build house that me and Dave currently live in and it costs you much more than a grand oh oh, I can guarantee it costs you in fact it costs like over 200 times that (laughs) so it's like I I just I was just blown away this this girl like you know well paid good job successful business lady being shown around these flats essentially and they're going well this this one's on for 295 and I'm thinking what the fuck has happened yeah i mm, the whole house prices and housing like it is a big like i genuinely think that people should have the fundamental right to have a house yeah i think maybe not necessarily own a house like there's a lot of countries that have like a much more effective renting culture but i don't think that housing should be such a scarce commodity you know it's shocking it's it's so expensive and yeah there are places where you can buy a house for like 60k but there are places no one wants to fucking live so what's the point i know it's it's very sad and you know i just it makes me not want to watch the programs that i want to watch yeah and the problem is as well is it's like escape to the country it's all lovely it's like people who who can afford eight hundred thousand pound houses? Yeah, and it's lovely. Like you looking around these houses, going, "These are gorgeous." But who are you? Yeah, what did I you love... do to get your fucking money? Yeah, I love watching the program to look at the houses, but I hate everyone. Almost that's on it. invariably hate the people that are going to buy the house. And it also really annoys me these people that that they want absolute perfection. It's like the more you have the more perfection you require. Mm. And they're looking around like absolutely stunning like, mansions. Oh no, the boot room isn't big enough. There was what, the, the couple, the other couple that were on location, right? They were looking at £800,000 houses and it was a couple, no children, and they were looking around and at one point they were looking around a five-bedroom house and she was like, I'm just not sure the space is big enough for us. What are you going to do with it? What are you doing with this space? What are you doing with it? I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah. Please. That's the thing. Like, Unless you're housing 30 refugees, then what are you doing with it? <laughs> this is a, of any merit. What are two people going to do in a five-bedroom house? I don't know. You can only sleep in one to two beds maximum at a time. It's making me want to cry. <laughs> and I think that is a good good time to wrap up i think it is i mean that i think that segment also covers hot chicks talk politics frankly yeah we've covered two in one mate we have yeah i think we've done a what's multitasking job. rosie multitasking women that we are thank you all for listening thank you please follow us on all the socials which will be linked in the show description yes um please get in touch is that because you can't be bothered to read them out yeah it just takes too long <laughs> you know what we, where we are yeah you know where we are we're on the instagram you we're on the twitter us. we're now on the tiktok um we've done some tiktoks haven't we we have yes we have we'll leave it there for this week thank you so much for listening thank you we are so grateful to everybody i mean i got really sentimental about the podcast on stories the other day after precisely one sip of red wine you were like oh Thank you, my listeners, my people. My people. You are, honestly, if we ever have to go to an award ceremony, you are not drinking. <laughs> At all. Don't think you can police me, Rosie. <laughs> because, 
Yes. Okay, let's agree now. I think we should spit and shake on it. <laughs> if we get a, uh, invited to an award ceremony, if you want to drink, I do the speech. Can we agree on that? No. No, okay. It was lovely to be here. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'll do an Alex Turner, drop the mic like he did at the Brits. Maybe I'll do a Liam Gallagher, throw the mic into the crowd. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Shall we go now? Yes. Don't throw this mic. Bye. Goodbye.